Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. That's right. That's Tom. I'm Mike. And sitting over to my right is Eric. Heyo. Oh, man. It is uh, Final Four time, Tom. Yes, it is. Exciting stuff. Yes. Uh, you don't really sound excited. It sounded very uh, sarcastic. Very forced. No, I am ex- I, uh I caught the... Uh, South Carolina Florida game yesterday. That was a good game. Not the best game of the uh, of the weekend though. No, but uh, uh, it was it was very exciting in its own right. Yeah. Uh, so Gonzaga, everybody's uh favorite pick for the past, you know, decade plus, finally made their first final four in school history. Um led by Nigel Williams Ghost and his twenty three points. Uh Marks the first time in school history and the first time for Coach Mark Few, who's been there for 18 years. Um, so he hasn't been to a few? So Gonzaga it's, it's beat... In, it's in my contract. Gonzaga beat Xavier 83-59 to 59 to advance. Um, uh, that qualifies as a butt-kicking. They, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the South Carolina-Florida game. South Carolina beat Florida 77-70. to 70. Uh, Cendarius Thornwell scored 26 points. It is also the first Final Four in school history for South Carolina. Yes, sir. Um, there were 14 lead changes and 10 ties in this game. That's that's incredible um, because most of what I saw, I saw basically from the point that uh, South Carolina really took the lead in the second half yeah. all the way to the end. Uh, did you happen to see Darius Rucker? No. He's a Carolina guy, uh, you know, is it? A lot of people know um, he was there watching the game and uh, in tears at at the end of it. Just you know, he's so devoted to the state and he's so devoted yeah. to everything about it and uh, to the schools down there and everything. And uh, he's uh, I caught him on um, Mike and Mike this morning when I was taking the kids to school. Um, he was talking about he is going it, he is going to the Final Four and he'll stay through the championship game if they make it. Right. And he said if because uh, the I guess the uh, SC women are also in the mix, yeah. and if they make it, uh, he said he'll just head on over to Dallas to catch their championship game too. <laughs> so, uh, so he had a pretty good weekend. Um, so that means uh, we will have South Carolina versus Gonzaga on Saturday at six o'clock on CBS. So that's the that's the one matchup, uh, and the other one, Oregon beat Kansas seventy four to sixty on behind twenty seven points from Tyler Dorsey. Uh, It'll be the first first Final Four for Coach Dana Altman, uh, who's been there for seven years, and first Final Four for the school since the first ever Final Four all the way back in 1939. 
merely three years after basketball was invented. They were uh, they were the first champions, and they have not made it back to the Final Four since. That's got to hurt. Um, that has got to sting for a lifetime. Yes. A yes. lifetime of pain. I can't imagine what... Oh, wait. Um, uh, they will face off against North Carolina. The Tar Heels beat Kentucky 75-73. to Um Theo Pinson is driving in the lane, dishes out to Luke May for the winner with .3 seconds left on the clock. Yeah, I would have watched that game, but um, I had stuffed myself full of uh, roughly four pounds of beef brisket and cornbread and had to go home and sleep. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, this is the 20th, one does. Yeah, this is the 20th Final Four in school history for UNC. Um, they've advanced to the title game in half of those and have won the title in half of those. So what you're saying is um, that they should be the favorites. Yes. Okay. No, actually they shouldn't. They should lose, and that would make it 2010-5. Coach Roy Williams, uh, he's he's got two championships under his belt and looking to to make it three at the end of next weekend. Uh, Actually, we will be able to do a preview show for the championship game on Monday because it will be that night. Oh, well then. um, People will... uh, Happy birthday to me. Half of our, our listeners will be hearing us preview a game that has already been played. Yes, I would imagine so. Um, so that means we've got uh, Oregon facing off against UNC on Saturday at about 8.49 on CBS. Are you going to ask me to pick winners here? Yes. Crud. I, I can't. I didn't hear them on the team list. Who, uh, who, where are the crud from? It's is that a South Dakota team? The South Dakota crowd? South Dakota crowd. No, it's Coastal Rhode Island University of Duluth. Hey, quick question. Where's Gonzaga? I don't know. Eric? <laughs> Honestly, the first time I heard that name in relation to uh, college sports, I was like, you're making that shit up, right? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why, but a lot of people that I talk to, they, they all think that it's down in your, down in your former area. It's in, down in, in the, the southwest. It's down in the southwest. No, I, w- I would that put it in the south, but not the southwest. I would put it is in, it like, in Florida, not Florida, but, like, Georgia, Alabama, somewhere in that. Spokane. Washington? What? That's, like, completely opposite. Look it up. <laughs> You're making this up. You mean the Spokane, Washington in Washington? <laughs> Washington State, Washington? Yes, that would be, that is where they're from. That's wild, man. No, that's from the Minnesota. Isn't it? Quiet. You. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> Eric is sporting. Eric is sporting. Yes. All right, guys, I'll be gone. It is a private <laughs> university in Spokane, Washington. Okay. So when I was a high school senior and I was getting all that crap from Gonzaga, like, oh, come to our school. Yes, they wanted you to go to Washington. No, thanks. Yeah. So Legal weed, man. Yes, Gonzaga. <laughs> I mean, yes, right but side. I didn't. I didn't know that then. No, and it wasn't then. <laughs> right. But you have to think ahead. You have to think ahead. Uh, so, all right, Tom, who are you picking? Is Gonzaga finally going to do it after so many years oh. of being the uh, the trendy pick? It's, I don't know, because South Carolina just seems like they're the, uh, they're the team that ruins everyone's hopes and dreams this year. They have had a good go of it. So it's, I, I, I don't want to pick against them, but they are going up against a number one seed. Yep. And a strong number one. They've already taken care of Duke. They've already taken care of Florida. Uh, and me without my coins. Wait. Eric, type in coin flip again. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I've got one. one. Oh, Tom has a real coin. We're going to do this old school. 
Heads is, is tails. Heads is Told not you tails. I could do it. <laughs> That's the result I got from the Google before you could get that coin out of your pocket. No, no, go ahead and flip the real coin. Bef- I just before I could even determine which is heads and which is tails. Thank you very much. Because you spent all that time digging it out of your pocket. That's South Carolina is heads. He wasn't digging it Gonzaga out of his pocket. He was tails. digging something else in his pocket. We're going with South Carolina. All right. Uh, and in the other game, Oregon, UNC. UNC. I'm, all, I'm, picking, the same ma- I'm picking the same matchup for the final. Uh, I think we're going to get an all-Carolina final, um, which I, I picked UNC to start. Uh, they were my uh, tourney champion from the beginning, so I'm sticking with them all the way. So I will be picking them over Oregon. And, yeah, I'm going to ride SC until they run out of gas So uh, or until they run into UNC. Right. So, um, yeah, I – that that shot by May with point three left for UNC yeah. just amazing. And when you look at the way that they lost the title game last year with a you know a, a buzzer beater like that to see them do yeah. it to get back uh, into the Final Four, pretty nice. Um, I and, thought uh, uh, during the South Carolina game there was a point where Florida was still in it and the, the time was running short. Yeah, they were down by like six uh, and or five or six and. Uh, South Carolina stole the ball and they got a fast break and he he just slammed the ball down and I'm like, well, that's a good exclamation point, right? Yeah, that you know pretty much seals it. You're yeah. down, you know, with a minute left. You're down by seven. Yeah, we we got some pretty good games this weekend. The the Gonzaga Xavier one was a bit of a laugher and Oregon Kansas wasn't as close as a lot of people thought, but uh, the two yesterday were very good. Um, I do have one more NCAA basketball thing I want to talk about. Uh, last week I said I didn't want to give this lunatic any more airtime uh, talking about, you know, LeVar Ball. However, um, today on the Stephen A. Smith show featuring Stephen A. Smith with special guest Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith had special guest LeVar Ball and, I guess, Lonzo Ball as well on the show. Now, obviously I'm talking about first take on ESPN, but the way Stephen A. Smith is, we all know whose show it is. But uh, so he had uh, he had the balls on. Not that no, there we go. All right, <laughs> he had the balls on his show, and uh, he spent the entire time talking to Lavar and Lonzo. Just sat there. It looked like he didn't want to be there. It looked like he was lost. Looked S- like he would rather be playing basketball. Smith, yeah, yeah. Smith and Lavar Ball, um, they were just talking so much that. Not even Max Kellerman or the moderator, um, oh, what is her name is Molly. Uh, I can't think of her last name. But ne- <laughs> neither neither Kellerman nor the moderator could uh, could get a word in edgewise. It was just Stephen A. Smith and LeVar Wall ranting like a couple of madmen. And I just, the more I see it, the more I feel bad for Lonzo. And I just really hope that this doesn't continue wherever he's drafted. Because he... He he declared after after UCLA lost. Yeah, he declared for the draft, and he, he is he is likely a top three pick. Well, um, he's going to be rich soon. Yeah, I just hope he's not taking financial advice from his father because I can't imagine it's going to go well. Man, I wish I could be uh, an old washed up college basketball quote star and talk about things. Yeah, I wish I could tell Michael Jordan I was going to beat him one on one and have people look up that I scored two point one points per game. That's impressive to be able what's to really score impre- that few points per game. <clears throat> right. Well, what's really impressive is the point one. I mean, that takes some serious talent to score point one points in a game where shots count for two or three or occasionally one, but never point anything. So that's to get point one it's, points. That takes um, serious talent. It's it's an average. Shh, 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 shh. 
do we need to <laughs> do we need to do <laughs> some fourth grade math for you? They should make uh, point points, though. That would be cool. Like, have it be every foot out from the basket, you get more and more points. So, like, if you slam dunk it, that's like that's the easiest shot in the world. You're right there next to the basket. That's point one points. The referees are already terrible, you get Eric. Point two points. If you know, you know, and at further back, you shoot from around the free throw area. That's probably point five points, and it works its way out to where you get to the three point line and you know things like that. Uh. <laughs> Moving on. Completely unrelated to sports in every way. Victor just texted me. Yeah? And he asked if he should make a Toledo trip this weekend. And I'm going to answer him here on the show. Okay. Um, this weekend would be good um, because my birthday's coming up. It's our between our birthdays weekend. Yes. Uh, Tom's birthday is tomorrow, and mine is on Monday. So Tomorrow being the uh, 28th. Yes. For those of you who are listening in the future. Yes. To our um, future listeners. Which to you would be either today, yesterday, or a few days ago. So hey, I just, we just titled the we just titled the show Birthday Bros. All right. We did it. Oh, I can't reach We're that too, far. Uh, all right. For all they know we just high fived. Yeah. I shifted over so that I could look at you while I while we talk. Uh, yeah, I try to swing around every once in a while and yeah. make it easier. So yeah, I'm, I, Victor, the answer is yes, you should come in this weekend. Do it. So all right, back to the sprouts. The homeless Raiders. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a vote today on whether or not they should move to Las Vegas. Um, I think they should because no, they're never getting a stadium in Oakland. Yeah, they're not going to get a they're, stadium they're in not, Oakland. Although um, they're although, going to feel really bad when the A's get a brand new stadium and and they uh, aren't doing so hot in right. Las Vegas. Um, well, my I guess my thing on it. Obviously, we've talked at length about public funding for stadiums. Yes. Um, yeah, I would love for Mark Davis to just pay for the damn stadium and for them to stay. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I guess the mayor of Oakland uh, proposed a last-ditch effort that uh, city leaders have put together uh, for a $1.3 billion football-only stadium. You can't do that. Yeah. It won't work. Yeah. $1.3 billion football-only stadium. Um, now, the owners' meeting started yesterday on the 26th. Uh, the vote is likely to come today. After which, Mark Davis, Roger Goodell, the leaders of the Relocation Committee, and the leaders of the Finance Committee for the NFL will hold a press conference. So I think they already know the outcome. Yeah. And I, while I don't know that anyone is opposed to it, no one has, has come out and said uh, that they're even really that opposed to the team moving. Even the Chargers owner, who is it, Dean Spanos? Yeah. Uh, even he has basically said he's going to vote for it, and he is usually one of the ones, he and uh, the Davises, are the ones who either abstain or vote no to literally everything the NFL throws out there. Well, it's kind of hard to, to go and say no to a thing like this when you just pick up your team and leave. Yeah, well. <sighs> but So this makes three teams in two years. Yep. Um I don't know. I don't think I don't think relocation is a bad thing. I don't think it's a good thing. It's just a thing that happens. It's a <laughs> and it's I don't, a thing that should never have to happen. Right. Um and I don't think that uh I don't think it's going to be an issue with the gambling like a lot of people are saying. Yeah, right. the the NFL takes a hard line on gambling and you know, they don't condone it in any way. Moving to Las Vegas is not going to increase or decrease gambling at all. No. Nobody who's never gambled before is going to go, oh, my God, there's a team in Las Vegas. I have to gamble now. It's That's not going to happen. No. 
So. It'll just mean that more gamblers are going to be a fan of one of your teams. Right. And more gamblers will be showing up at your games because, you know, if I'm in, if I'm in Vegas during football season, yeah, I'm probably going to look at the Raiders' schedule and see about going to a game. Because, I mean, they're probably going to have a badass stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I really doubt I'll ever be in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, well, there's, there are so many other places I, I, well, I would rather. My, in, my in-laws have a timeshare. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and they, they've said to us numerous times, you know, we should go out there when they go and everything. And I'm like, yeah, we, you know, we got the kids, so it's not like I could do the Vegas thing, you know. So, but eventually, I'm sure we will. Yeah. You know, when the kids are a bit older and not as big of a handful for someone to keep an eye on over the weekend. You know. goes. Well, I didn't mean leaving them here. I meant, like... Oh, oh. You mean uh, dumping them at a casino in Vegas and going to a different casino in Vegas? No, I mean, like... Oh. Them hanging well, out with their mean? them hanging out with their aunts and uncles on the other side of the family. Oh well. Oh okay. <laughs> Go have fun. Anywho, um, so there were uh, there were a couple proposed rule changes uh, for this year. Uh, a lot centered on replay, expanding it, um, giving giving coaches unlimited challenges if they're so long as they're successful every time. Um, another one was uh, increasing the radius of the crown of the helmet to the hairline part of the helmet. Which would be like you know where the visor opens, right? A um, couple other ones. I think they should. Um, I think that one should be. Yeah, because that, that would that would essentially eliminate all head hits. Yeah, from the game, um, which is a good idea. Yes, yes, it is. That was a very loud point you made. I know. You, I made it loud you, for the people in the back. You must be right. As we all know, the louder the point, the more poignant the point. Yes. Just, just ask Stephen A. Smith. You have to say it loud enough for the people in the back of the auditorium to hear you. I did not realize we were in an auditorium. People might be listening to our show in an auditorium. I like to think that all of our listens uh, are actually being played over loudspeakers in an auditorium, and like thousands upon thousands of people are listening to our show. People get together and have conventions Yeah. every week to listen to us? Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> You're all looking at me like I'm going to confirm or deny any of this. I and, doubt uh, it. I will deny it. It's not no. happening. <laughs> Although it would really actually kind of suck for me if that was happening because I would have absolutely no way to track those listens whatsoever. And if any of our shows were pulling in thousands upon thousands upon thousands of listeners other than the uh, Power Rangers podcast, I would want to know about it so that I could uh, bring that information to potential sponsors. Right. <laughs> So uh, if you figure out where they're holding these conventions, listening to your show, uh, definitely let me know so I can go to one, get documentation of the event, and take it to sponsors and be like, look, all these people show up. They're held in secret. Well, that uh, sucks for you. It's a very underground move. It's a... They actually gather in secret basement stadiums. It's a yeah. true underground yes. movement. They actually just like, like our the show, show is in the underground. Yeah. yeah, the show is in a basement. We must listen in a basement, and so they have these gigantic basements that they built entire stadiums um, just to have a stadium-sized they basement. Have, uh, they listen to us in the in the cisterns below old uh, old chapels. Yes, that is exactly right. Yeah, there's literally no other place that they could. You're you're so right about that, Tom. All right, so moving on, or moving back to my original uh, conversation piece, um, we will recap all the uh, rule changes they bring to the NFL. I don't think many of these are going to pass. Probably uh, not. The uh, replay ones are definitely not going to pass. Um, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully some of the safety ones take effect. Also, they're going to uh, – the kickoff 
the starting point from a touchback and a kickoff has reverted back to the twenty. They're doing another vote to extend the uh, to extend that rule by another year. Grown. Um, they may be doing a vote to take it uh, to put it in the books completely. I don't know. Uh, so, but we'll recap that on next week's show. All the uh, all the different uh, rule changes we get, the ones that didn't go that we thought should. So. Uh, and now we're going to head on over to the NHL and uh, some news regarding international hockey. Yeah. Um, but spearheaded by some NHL guys. Yes, there's there's word around uh, NHL uh, players that the uh, the Americans, uh, the American NHL players will refuse to play in the in the men's world championships in solidarity with the uh, with the women who are uh, fighting for the right to be paid equally. Uh, to do the same thing, they just want to be paid to uh, play hockey in the world championships like the men get, which is not that outrageous of a thing. No, look at uh, you know there have been outcries in in uh, in tennis for for such a thing, um, and you know it's, it's starting to span lots of sports, and and it should. I look at it this way: Danica Patrick makes just as much for a win that Dale Earnhardt Jr. Or- uh, Jimmy Johnson makes. Yeah. Why can't these women make the same amount for what they're doing? When NASCAR is more progressive than you, well, changes need to be made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, it's not a perfect point because there is just Danica Patrick, and how are they going to give her, you know, eighty-six percent of the winnings for winning a race? But still, I mean, she's making what a man is making. Um, her her endorsement deals are actually probably higher than most men's endorsement deals. Well, yeah. Um, but even still, no, right. Know, um, but to be fair, the male drivers don't usually have to do photo shoots in their underwear in order to get those endorsement deals. So there is a bit of a trade off. Yeah. yeah, most of them, I say. Right, not all. Eric is really into Joey Logano and his speedo shoots. Okay, wish you I knew have, who that was so I could you know, a, comment on it. He's, a, he's an auto racer. He's. You guys have uh, made me completely forget <laughs> what I was about to say. <laughs> Because now um, all you're thinking about is Joey Logano, Joey Logano in his speedo, his banana hammock. Um, oh yes, uh, moose knuckle. USA Hockey has gone so far as to try to recruit scabs to play. Yeah, um, they've been talking to college players who have all been saying no. Uh, they have even gone so far as to talk to the uh, under 18 teams to see if they'll play. Unbelievable. Um, you're not going to get anyone to say yes because they've all been women in sports. Yeah. They all know exactly what it's like. I get the first person that they went to, and I cannot think of her name right now, but the first person that they went to was basically player number 20, what, 26? Yeah. Like the first person to miss the cut for the roster, and she turned them down right away. Yep. She wasn't going to do that to her sisters that she just spent all those weeks with in training camp, and it, no one's going to do that. Yeah. Nobody. Uh, yeah, I mean, good for the women for finally standing up for themselves on this. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that because, I mean, there could have been some women out there that would have yeah. that would have stepped in, and thank God there haven't been. So, you know, my hats off to them, and my hats off to the to the men's hockey. Uh, if you know, hopefully they will go through with this and not play. Yeah, and that that would be huge, absolutely huge. It'd be, uh, you know, I, I know there are, there are wage gaps in some of the other countries too. It would be nice to see a lot of them follow suit as well. I know Canada, yeah, um, they're close. I believe they're closer on the wage gap as far as it goes, but I, they're not. It's not the same. Um, yeah, instead of uh, three Tim Hortons coffees per day, they only get two. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I'd play hockey for two Tim Hortons coffees a day. Would you play it at a high enough level, though? I'd play it at two cups of coffee worth of level. That stuff. That stuff is like a gold brick up there. I mean, that's. It's actually very, very good coffee, and it's better than the Tim Hortons coffee here. I've actually uh, a friend of ours went to Canada, and they came back. They brought a pound of Tim Hortons coffee yeah. back and gave it to me. And oh man, that was some good, good stuff. Well, here in the, well, tasty, tasty here in the states, we cut ours of cocaine. You'd think it would, that would make it better, though. No, 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 it's because it messes with your system so much. It all see, it's, it's it's just like uh, just like with Labatt. They give the the. The Yanks a a crummy watered down version, and then charge us way more. It's true. They're crafty up there, I tell you. They are America's greatest threat. I've said it for years. <laughs> should build a wall. We should <laughs> make them pay for it. Yeah, with they're their, so nice they probably would. With their stupid they probably mono- would. With They'd their like, stupid oh, so, monopoly so, money. Sorry about that, eh? Hey, no, no offense, man. Oh boy. All right. So we are on to our MLB preview. And it's the big MLB preview show. Yay! I don't know. What? I thought you needed some theme music, so I thought I'd help you out there. All right. So first, we are going to give our NL Central preview, um, starting at the bottom, as we always do, with the Cincinnati Reds. Boy, they were bad. 68-94 last year, uh, still managed somehow by Brian Price, 206 and 271 in his career. Uh, key additions, Drew Storen and Scott Feldman. Uh, key losses, Ross Ollendorf, Alfredo Simon, John Lamb, Dan Straley, Brandon Phillips. Uh, Phillips, you'll remember, they traded to the Braves. Uh, key returning players, Joey Votto, Zach Kozar, Eugenio Suarez, Billy Hamilton, Anthony DiScofani. Um, You know, just reading that, i got to think they're going to be just as bad this year. Yeah. Um, Joey Votto and Billy Hamilton will be traded by the end of the year. You think so? Yeah. At, uh, at least one of them. Yeah. I think Billy's more likely to stay younger, and a lot of teams aren't going to pay as high a price as the Reds think they will because he still hasn't gotten his bat yeah. together. Um, but Votto does have no trade; he's a five and ten or ten and five guy. So he'll uh, um, he'll reconsider if he ever wants to win a championship. Yeah, so, uh, we'll see. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers seventy three and eighty nine finished fourth. Uh, Craig Council one thirty four and one sixty five in his career. Um, no real, no real big additions. Uh, they traded Tyler Thornburg to Boston, and they lost Chris Carter in free agency. Uh, returning Zach Davies, Matt Garza, Scooter Jeanette, Ryan Braun. They're going to be bad. I yeah. think they're going to be worse than the Reds this year. So, what, like 65 wins? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think they're going to be much worse this year. I don't expect them to do much of anything. Um, finishing third last year, we had Tom's Pittsburgh Pirates. They were 78-83. Uh, manager Clint Hurdle, he's 1,043 and 1,087 uh, throughout his career with the Rockies and Pirates. Uh, key additions for them, Daniel Hudson and Phil Gosselin. Uh, key losses, Sean Rodriguez, Matt Joyce, uh, Natalie Ferez. No, Feliz. Feliz. When you say key losses. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, yeah, also a uh, uh, poss- possible loss, uh, Young Ho Kong can't get a uh, visa. Again, um, uh, I... Don't know that I want a player like that on on my team. Yeah, can't he can't well he can't get a visa right now. So there's well there's um, rumors that he has a DUI in a third country. Yikes! So um, yeah, he he needs to uh, get into rehab um, and get his act together and grow up, and then maybe he can come back. Yeah, 
players who will be coming back this year, uh, Garrett Cole, uh, fan favorite Francisco Cervelli. They love him there. The, ga- the games we've been to, well, the crowd I, just goes nuts. It's the, it's because he plays at such a high level for such a low price. Right. Uh, also coming back, David Freeze, Josh Harrison, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte, John Jason, Gregory Polanco. Um, I think they're going to be better than what they were last year. Yeah. I think not trading McCutcheon was the good move. Yeah. Coming uh, off a down year, you're not going to get what you want yeah. for him. Um, I think that the the Pirates will be better because they are going to be starting young, young pitchers. Yeah. We have three first-year pitchers uh, on the roster right now. Right. First-year starting pitchers. Um, and two of them, at least, will probably be in the rotation. Yeah. And we've got some some young young people coming up. Uh, Bell is going to be up probably yeah. for the whole year. Um, Austin Meadows should yeah. should play a whole season, hopefully. Right now, all that being said, I don't expect them to contend for the wild card this year. They'll be close, but uh, there are teams that are better. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals finished second last year, eighty six and seventy six. Uh, Mike Matheny four twenty seven and three nineteen. Um, key addition, uh, Dexter Fowler got him away from the Cubs, so that makes that key addition that much more important. Um, key losses: Jaime Garcia, Matt Holiday, and Brandon Moss. Uh, you know the returning guys like Carlos uh, Martinez, Michael Waka, Adam Wainwright uh, pitching for them, and you got Yadier behind the plate. Matt Adams is back. Carpenter, Colton Wong, Johnny Peralta, Randall Grichik. Um I don't think they're any better than they were last year. No. I think they uh, they might even finish third. Fowler leading off for them I think is going to be huge for them. I think it is going to be a big difference maker. Look what it did for the Cubs last year. Yeah, but the Cubs had the uh, the bats behind them as well. Right, but the Cubs all year long, they, they went with the philosophy, you go, we go, in regards to Fowler. Yeah. And it was true. Their biggest, their biggest uh, stretch of losses came at a time when he was on the DL for two weeks. It it's the way it went. Yeah, and uh, he he is that type of player. He really is, and he's. I would have loved to see him stay, and I think this is huge for St. Louis. Um, and yeah, I know they're losing a lot by losing Matt Holiday and Brandon Moss, but I think I think they've got enough firepower elsewhere that they're going to be okay. Yeah, there will be a race for second in the in the division. I think there will be too. Uh, I am looking for St. Louis to probably edge the Pirates by a game or two. Um, uh, you and I have talked. We both agree that neither one of them is going to catch the Cubs. Uh, Cubs finished a hundred. So it's very doubtful. Yeah, uh, finished one hundred three and fifty eight last year, best record in the majors, uh, and obviously they are the reigning World Series champions. Um, Joe Mann returning for his uh, third year in Chicago. He's nine twenty two and eight fifty eight in his career. Uh, key additions: uh, Brett Anderson, Wade Davis. Koji Uhura and John Jay. Um, key losses, Travis Wood, Jason Hamill, Aroldis Chapman, Jorge Soler, Dexter Fowler. Um, Davis replaces Chapman. Uh, Yahara replaces Wood. Anderson replaces Hamill. Jay replaces Fowler, but he is going to be platooning with Albert Elmora. Um, so they, they're both kind of replacing him. Right. I don't know that they got weaker. They won't be as... Good. Well, but here's the thing: they, statistically, they really can't be. You can also put in you can also put in the additions list Kyle Schwarber because they they did not have him last year. Yeah, 
So they are going to be a much tougher team throughout the course of the year with Kyle Schwarber in the lineup than they were without him last year. I still think they're they're uh, they're down five games from last yeah. year. So you think they're under a hundred wins? Because I really don't. I think they're close to a hundred again, but I don't think they're they're, yeah. they're going to hit the mark. Um, you got you know the rotations mostly intact: Arietta, Lester, Hendricks, Lackey. Um, you got Hector Rondon still in the bullpen. You got Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo. Javi Baez, Addison Russell, Chris Bryant, Ben Zobrist. It's largely the same team um, and a lot of a lot of power. Not a lot of speed, but speed where speed where you need it. Right. Um, Javi has wheels. Uh, Elmore is a pretty quick guy. Elmore is very smart in the base path, too. Uh, you look at the top of the 10th in the Game 7 last year. He tagged up to go from first to second on that Bryant fly ball to get into sp- scoring position. Yeah. So a lot, lot of smarts there. Um, so so we're, we're both picking the Cubs for this division this year, um, and that is going to take us into our predictions for the season. Uh, we'll, we can recap, uh, recap the division winners we've picked so far um, as soon as I pull it up. Um, oh, man, come on, Internet. What are you doing? Can't do this to me now. <laughs> See, if you just didn't talk during that time at all, it would all be cut out, and nobody would know that you spent this much time looking up. That's true. But now we've had to comment on it. Well, I So people will know. (laughs) I picked uh, for the division winners out of the Al. I picked Baltimore, uh, Cleveland, and I believe I picked Seattle. You did. I either picked Seattle or Houston. I forget which. So I'm repicking now Seattle. <clears throat> yes, you did. Uh, in the AL, um, I picked the Indians, the Red Sox, and the Astros out west. So, over in the NL, uh, I've I've got the Mets, the Giants, and the Cubs. You had the Dodgers, Tom. I had the Dodgers. You had the Dodgers. Thought for sure I had the. I was the only one on the Giants. Oh, all right. Well, then I had the Dodgers. Don't much matter. You're both wrong. Uh huh. All right. Uh, yes, I have the Giants, the Nats, and the Cubs. Um, so we'll you know, we'll put a graphic up on Facebook like we did for the NHL stuff. And uh, so wild cards, two per league. Who who do you have in the AL? In the AL, um, Boston and Texas. Toronto will be, probably be a game out. Yeah. Um, I have Seattle and Toronto as my wild cards. So over in the NL, who are you picking? Uh, Washington and and the Giants. Okay. Uh, I am picking the Dodgers and, oh, boy, the Cardinals. Okay. All Dodgers right. and Cardinals. So um, we uh, we predicted Stanley Cup final when we uh, when we did the NHL, so we'll go ahead and do the World Series. Uh, I am going to go. I'm, the Cubs are going back. I, I fully believe that. Um, and... I think we're going to get the matchup that I picked last year, and I think we're going to get the Red Sox. I think it's going to be Cubs-Red Sox, and the world is going to implode. All right. Well, I, uh, I've i got Cleveland going back. Yes. Uh, and they're going to go against the, uh, the the Nationals. I think they're finally going to pull through yeah. from the wild card. They're going to... What they're going to do is they're going to have their rough stretch earlier in the season. Yeah, and just it's going to prevent them from back. getting the the division. They'll get into the playoffs. They'll they'll be fresh and rested because they won't be killing their pitchers yeah. at the end of the season trying to win the division. Um, and they'll have the uh, the ability to make it all the way to the World Series. All right, 
So who are you going to pick to win that then? Give us a champion. Cleveland. Cleveland? Yeah. I'm going to go with Chicago to, to defend their title. Um, I, I, and I'm, I'm, I try not to be a homer with this kind of thing. Um, but like with the NHL, it made sense. All of us had Dallas rated very high. Yeah, it it made a lot of sense to pick Dallas, you know, as, as a as a Stanley Cup final participant uh, coming into the year. And I wasn't the only one who did. Um, yeah. So hopefully, I have a little bit better luck being a homer this time, even though I'm not really being a homer. They're, the Cubs are the best team in baseball, according to a lot of the advanced metrics. Actually, and, isn't technically right now USA is the best team in baseball? Well, yes. I suppose you are correct. Um, so, uh, who do you have for Cy Youngs and MVPs this year? Cy Youngs, I've got uh, Clayton Kershaw. It's a fairly obvious choice in the NL. And in the AL, I've got Chris Sale. Nice. Have a nice little bounce back year. Uh, new team over, over in Boston. He's going to have a good time of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, I think Lester gets it this year for the Cubs. He was so close last year. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> And over in the AL, I'm going to go with Corey Kluber. Okay. Yeah. I think he gets himself another one. Um, I, I I do expect the Indians to be, you know, everybody's good this year as they were last year. Yeah. Um, so, and it, it all starts it all starts with Kluber. Yep. For them. So, MVPs. Rizzo. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, if he, if he plays like he did last year, there's no reason he shouldn't. Well, Chris Bryan might be a reason he shouldn't. Well, but. you know. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I... I imagine we're in agreement. We we actually are in agreement there. I th- I thought Rizzo should have had a better shot at it last year than he did. Yeah. Um. And I I expect him to put up a better year this year. Uh. He he is now that guy for the Cubs. Uh. You go, we go. Yeah. Um, he is the he is the unquestioned leader of that clubhouse. So. And then over in the AL, Jose Altuve. I like it. He's, I do. He's gonna he's gonna do it this year. He, he's gonna. Put everything together. He's he's been up there uh, last year. I, you know, I thought he had a pretty good shot at it. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Trout. Um, I mean, he is he is the best player in the American League uh, yeah. by far, um, and I think he's going to have a you know the same kind of year he always does. So I look for it to be Mike Trout this year, uh, getting back in it. Um, so there are predictions. There are our predictions for the upcoming season. Um, you know, find out how terribly wrong we are by watching all the action this summer. Um, which, I feel uh, like we're going to be less wrong here than we were with uh, with hockey. With hockey, I think you're right. Uh, I got to go back and listen to our basketball prediction show. See how we're doing with that. I mean, we picked Cleveland. We all picked Cleveland and Cleveland, Golden State, and San Antonio to be at the top. So we're all doing pretty well with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we got a better shot with this than we did with hockey. Um, the season starts on Sunday. Yes, it does. So we are we are right there, people. It is officially. Spring. Yes. Yeah, spring doesn't start till baseball starts. It may only be a week's worth of waiting, but... Yeah, I, can, I cannot wait. I've been, I've been so ready for this since November 3rd. Yeah. I, well, after, after, after they won, I just I didn't want it to end. I wanted more baseball. I needed more baseball. Yeah. Well, like, like, like I said before, for me, it's not so much the baseball as it is the weather associated with the baseball. <laughs> yeah. And... When the weather's that nice, you just want to go outside and play baseball. Yeah. And since I don't do that very often, I'll stay inside and watch baseball. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm I'm so looking forward to this. I um, I just bought my first set of, of tickets. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this so much. Uh, 
I've got I've got a handful of games I want to go to this year. If I go uh, if I go to seven games and I figured out which ones, um, I can close out the entire MLB. I will have seen every team uh, without the use of season tickets. I don't have season tickets for the Tigers or Indians or anything. I will have done it without the use of season tickets. So um, we're going to go over to well, we're going to go back to base uh, basketball, but we're going to the professional side of things. Uh, we're going to talk about the Spurs for a second here. Uh, the Spurs beat okay, the, that's it. The Spurs beat the Knicks one hundred six to ninety eight over the weekend. Um, that meant that they had beaten every team in the league this year, which marks the third consecutive season the Spurs have achieved this. That is the first time in league history since it, since the NBA expanded to thirty teams that a team has beaten every other team in the league three consecutive years in a row. So, congratulations, Spurs. That's that's quite. It's an obscure stat, but it's still yeah. incredibly impressive. Well, you just got the teams at the top of their divisions have an easier time of of making that happen than you know, like the Knicks do. Right, but you got to think: as good as the Warriors have been over the last three years, they've been swept by a team each of the, at least you know, yeah, one time in the last three years they have been swept by a team. So it's and you know they only lost nine games last year. They've only lost what twelve this year. In there, they were beaten somewhere. Twice by the same team. Well, it could have happened. Well, it could have been the year before, but they're, I mean, they were. They only won 67 games. Oh, that year. right, right. I mean, come on. Oh. But. Pretty much everybody beat them that year. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, is, it is an impressive stat. Um, and I feel like we're Spurs heavy uh, in the basketball conversation because we're going to go ahead and talk about the resting players issue the NBA has been having. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and this this goes back quite a while. Uh, Popovich has been doing this for years. Uh, the Spurs were fined in 2012 for resting Duncan Parker and Ginobili for a nationally broadcast game. Yeah. Just this season, Golden State rested Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Andre Iguodala for the game against the Spurs, where Kawhi Leonard and Lamarcus Aldridge were hurt. Right. And then just last week, the Cavs rested LeBron and Ky- LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. For a nationally broadcast game. Here's the thing. Rest your players. You should be resting your players. Yeah. There should not be a single top star on a top team in the NBA that's playing every game. Yeah. Well, um, my the issue is don't rest everybody on the same day. Right. Well, but here's the thing. If you, if you space it out, you might lose multiple games from not having your whole team. Why not just sacrifice one game by putting down all your guys? Um... And here's the thing: the Spurs have a habit of winning anyway. But if <laughs> if you're one of those top teams and you're so loaded with talent, taking one of your top players out is not going to cost you a game. Well, but here's the thing: these you look at it; they're doing it on these nationally televised games, which for some reason come at the end of long road trips for teams or on the second night of a back to back, and that's why they're resting the guys. It's 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 not they could rest them at any point, but like the Spurs' upcoming schedule. They just had that game against the Knicks. Tonight, they have a game against the Cavs on national TV, on TNT. On Wednesday, a game against the Warriors on ESPN. On Friday, at the Thunder on ESPN. Sunday, against the Jazz on ABC. Then they've got Tuesday the 4th against the Grizzlies. Wednesday the 5th against the Lakers. Friday the 7th against or at the Mavericks. And Saturday the 8th against the Clippers on a nationally televised game. That's the second night of a back-to-back. And at the end of a long stretch against uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5... Six playoff teams out of eight games. The Spurs are going to want to rest players come Saturday the eighth, right? And it's going to be a nationally televised game. 
and people are going to make a big deal about it. But why wouldn't you rest them um, at the end of that? What you do is you, uh, you've got those two games against non-playoff teams. Rest half of your players for one and half for the other. All right. So Unless they're bubble teams who have a reason to play. The Mavs are a bubble team. But, okay, say you rest against the Lakers and you lose that game. And then you go out full strength and lose because the Clippers are a good team. Why not just beat the Lakers, get that game, and sacrifice the game against the Clippers if you're going to be sacrificing a game? Well, just don't lose to the Clippers. Just don't do it. I don't know. I just Rest your players when they're tired. They're tired at the end of an eight-game stretch with six games against playoff teams. Now, the Spurs may not all in this of your case. Play, all of your players are tired at the exact same time? Well, you know, humans fatigue at a similar rate. Yeah, but a tall guy is going to get tired faster. Anyway, this might be different for them because they do only have two road games in this, so there will not be a lot of travel involved. Right. Um, so they may not do it, but here's my thing. NBA, back off. Quit talking about it. If a coach needs to rest his guys, let him rest his guys. I also want to know why no one's been fined since the Spurs were fined $250,000 and Popovich was also fined an additional uh, 100000 or whatever. Um, why has... Uh... Why has nobody had a, a contract voided and a draft pick taken since uh, Ilya Kovalchuk signed his deal and then quit? Yeah. It's it's a similar thing. It's We need to make an example. You were the first one to do this in a high-profile manner. It'll be you. Right. It's not going to stop anything. It's not going to change anything. Yeah. And in the end, it's really going to make us look like idiots for uh, not following through on the rest of these. Right. Yeah, it's 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 obnoxious hearing about it all the time, and it, it is going to come up again. I guarantee it. The Spurs rest guys against the Clippers, it's going to come up again. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's going to be all up in arms about it, but guess what? The Spurs are going to be there at the end of the year fighting for a championship. And, yeah, it sucks. It, you know, say say we plan a trip and we go down to... We go down to San Antonio and we pay all this money to see Kawhi Leonard and, and LaMarcus Aldridge play, and then they sit. Well, yeah, that sucks, and I get that. But it's just the risk of doing business. So, but All right. Uh, we're actually on the NBA for the rest of the show. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that. The Lakers unveiled a new statue of Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, it is of him hanging on the rim after a dunk. It's very impressive. Uh, I'll have to put a link up on the on the Facebook for it. Um, and uh, so congratulations to Shaq on that. Um, but that got me to thinking on how to close out the show this week. And so I'm going to give the list of top 10 big men in NBA history. Now, for big men, I went 6'10 and over. So terribly sorry, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, those type of guys. You just missed the cutoff. Sorry, Eric. Oh, dang it. Four inches shy of your... Ah, dang it. Sorry, Eric. You're not an elite NBA big man. Aw, shucks. I I will have to try desperately to get over the slight. Um, so my criteria for this was just um, my own personal feelings on the matter. That's fair. It's a top ten list. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give uh, one honorable mention, and that goes to Dirk Nowitzki. Um, you know, he's changed changed the way that centers play, uh, changed the way that guys have to guard him <laughs> throughout the years, and how they have to guard bigs. Uh, so. Shout out to Dirk Nowitzki for just missing this list. Uh, but at number 10, we have Patrick Ewing, Knicks, Sonics, Magic. Not many people remember those last two. I believe you mean Knicks. Uh, and that's all. 
Averaged 21 points, 9.8 boards over his career. Uh, recorded 2,894 blocks. Uh, the anchor of that Knicks team for so many years uh, led them to the finals. You know, they lost to uh, Hakeem in the Rockets and then Robinson Duncan in the Spurs. So he It did- really wasn't fair for any team in the 90s that wasn't the Rockets, the Spurs, or the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah not really. Um, so uh, I, I always loved watching him play, um, and he... He had those injuries towards the end of his career. That's why the Knicks moved on. It's why yeah. it's why he didn't really play in the in those finals against the Spurs. Yeah, I I want to say he only suited up for a game or two, maybe. Um, which I think took a lot away from that series. Um, it's funny he's he averaged you know the the, the twenty one points with no discernible jump shot. No, a lot of it was putting it up from under the rim. A lot of it. Um, number nine, Dikembe Mutombo. That low. Well, um, played with the Nuggets, Hawks, Sixers, Nets, Knicks, and Rockets throughout his career. Averaged 9.8 points and 10.3 boards. He was never a superstar like the rest of these guys on this list. Uh, but he had 3,289 career blocks. Um, blocks were not a stat back when Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain played. And if they were, those guys would have averaged six, seven blocks a night. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so as it stands, uh, Dikembe is second all-time in blocks. And it, that finger wag, it just it stands out. Yeah. You know that there are players that st- former players that still have nightmares about that finger wagging <laughs> in their face. <laughs> you know, he'd probably get a bunch of technical fouls in today's NBA. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Um, number eight, David Robinson. Played his entire career with the Spurs. Averaged 21.1 points, 10.6 boards per game in his career. Um, he was that franchise for so many years until Tim Duncan got there. Yeah. And he, he finally broke through at the end of his career, got the two championships in four years, uh, thanks to the arrival of Duncan. And at, at, at that point in the NBA, between him and Hakeem, I don't know that there were any two players that deserved a championship more at that point. Right. Um, you know, so, some would put Ewing in that, in that list as well, but I, I think Robinson and Olajuwon, more than anyone else, um, those guys were so deserving, and it was so nice to see him finally get that. Um, he was number five in blocks when he ended his career, 2,954, um, and, uh, retired on top, went out after winning that 2003 championship, uh, which is very nice to see. Number seven, Moses Malone, uh, Utah Stars, St. Louis Spirit, Buffalo Braves, the Rockets, 76ers, Bullets, Hawks, Bucks, and a couple years at the end with the Spurs, which I always forget about. Um, 20.3 points, 12.3 rebounds per game in his career, um, Mostly remembered for his time with the Sixers, Bullets, and Hawks. Um, I actually remember him uh, most with the Hawks, Bucks, and Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I do forget about his time in San Antonio from time to time, just because uh, they were bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for the one year there, and uh, he left right right before they you know got Tim Duncan and uh, him leaving. Kind of not that he was that big of a contributor, but it was softened by Duncan arriving. Um, I don't remember a lot of his career. Obviously, we were very young, you young uh, when we were, when he retired. Um, but you see all the highlights. Very intimidating. Uh, very physical force in the paint. Yeah. Um, almost as physical as number six, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> um, spent time with the Magic, Lakers, Heat, Suns, Cavs, and Celtics. Averaged twenty three point seven points and ten point nine boards per game. Uh, finished his career with two thousand seven hundred thirty two blocks. People forget just how big a presence he was. Yeah. 
Um, you take out those those last two years with the Cavs and Celtics, and his per game averages would have been a lot higher. Yeah. Um, well, it's just it's ridiculous that uh, LeBron said he he needed help to win that championship, and the best they could do was go out and get an aging Shaq. Yeah, 37-year-old 30, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, but no, that aside, there were very few players that could contain Shaquille O'Neal yeah. throughout the years. Um, Dikembe was one of them from time to time. Duncan was one of them from time to time. Uh, Shaq kind of had his way with... Uh, with some of the modern bigs, yeah, um, the Gasols, uh, guys like Joe Kim Noah, uh, Chris Bosh, um, he he had his way with them. There was you know no two ways about it. He just <laughs> such such an intimidator because of his size. Yeah, he wasn't just tall; he was a wide guy. Yeah, and, you know, as we talk about these guys, like obviously, you know, highlights that you remember are going to go through your head, and not a single one of them is of a jump shot from him. No. It's all no. him. It's all him under the boards, uh, backing in and twisting around. I mean, or... I remember one time I, I was watching a Lakers game on TV and he made a free throw and I was like, "Whoa, yeah. man!" Yeah, unfortunately, he's he's also remembered for uh, not being very good at that. Uh, number five, Hakeem Olajuwon, the Dream, uh, played for the Rockets and one year for the Raptors towards the end. Twenty-one point eight points, eleven point one boards per game, and he is number one all time in blocks. 3,830. Now, again, Russell and Chamberlain, we don't know. It wasn't an official stat until Chamberlain retired, so hard telling. But right. that is just so impressive. I mean, you think about it. I yeah. said I said Matumbo was number two at 3,289. Yeah. And Hakeem had 3,830. I mean, did, did any of these players play part of their career uh, before blocks were a thing? Nope. No? no? Well, Malone. Moses Malone would have, I believe. But that's it. So his his numbers are deflated a little a bit. A little. But, I mean, you know, just such an impressive number uh, by Olajuwon. And that was the thing with Hakeem. You wouldn't go into the paint. Yeah. You just wouldn't. You were afraid. Just absolutely petrified of what he was going to do when you put that ball up. I don't think there's really a single big in the NBA today that can strike fear like for the Dikembe bl- or Hakeem or Shaq. Yeah. I mean, I think the closest might be DeAndre Jordan. He has, he does have the tendency yeah. to, to to throw down shots, um, but yeah, no, I mean nobody nobody puts fear into other players like Dikembe and Hakeem. It just they they aren't out there. Number four, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar spent his t- spent his career with the Bucks and Lakers. Twenty four point yep. six points per game, eleven point two rebounds. Uh, recorded three thousand one hundred eighty nine blocks. Um, and another one where I don't really remember a lot of his career. Uh, no, it, it was uh, before our it was time. Be, yeah. Um, but just another one of those intimidating forces that you didn't want to challenge in the lane. Yeah. You know, almost 3,200 blocks right up there, you know, just right behind Dikembe. Um, number three, I could, I could talk at length about number three, Tim Duncan, uh, spent his entire career with the Spurs, 19 points, 10.8 boards per game, 3,020 blocks. Not many people really realize that about him, that he was Mm -hmm. up there amongst the top shot, shot blockers of all time. You know, the funny thing is, um, remember, I remember, you know, watching him, him playing and he never really seemed like the big man. No, he, like, cause he had a, cause he had a jumper. He never, he... And, well, and, and he never really towered over his teammates or, or the opposing players really. He always, he always looked like he was hunching when he was walking to yeah. and from the huddles and everything. It was, he's six eleven. I mean, he's up there. Yeah. But, uh, and it. His stats maybe may seem a little bit lower than some of the guys that I put him ahead of, but it's that basketball IQ. 
Yeah. It's the same thing that got Dirk an honorable mention. He was, he was the quarterback on that team. Yeah. Yeah. It's He played the game not only based on the physical skill that he obviously possessed, but also on the intelligence that he possessed. Um, you know, he can make a lot more happen on the court without the ball than most players can with the ball. Yeah. So, um, number two, Bill Russell. Yeah. Spent his entire career with the Celtics. And here's where we get into the obscene numbers. <laughs> Averaged 15.1 points per game and 22.5 rebounds per game. I Led the, led the Celtics to all those championships. Were they shooting um, twice as much back in the old days? <laughs> oh, he... He just—they just dominated. Did they, they, did he there just are a couple stand other guys like under the net, and everyone else threw it at the net. There, there are a couple other guys up there towards the top of the list that average over twenty per game. Uh, but they were—they were smaller guys that played back before yeah. we got these six foot ten guys in the league. Um, but yeah, you had Bill Russell on those on those championship Celtics teams, uh, pulling down boards, blocking shots left and right. Like I said, there. There was a stretch of his career where there's a good chance he might have averaged triple doubles using blocks yeah. with rebounds and points. Um, you know, you look up some of the old uh, some of the old write ups of games. Yeah. Even though they weren't an official NBA stat, it was still an, impre- an impressive feat to block that many shots in a game. R- reporters would still put it in their stories. Yeah. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, you know, Chamberlain blocked eight shots tonight. You know, bettered only by a Bill Russell's nine. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. So. But players wised up and stopped going in the paint on them yeah. and started moving a little further out. And, uh, you know, uh, number one is obviously Wilt. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. Played his career with the Warriors, Sixers, and Lakers. 30.1 points per game, 22.9 rebounds per game. The best ever. Yeah. Yeah, and there there aren't going to be a lot of arguments for that. Uh, I mean, Russell Russell Chamberlain could be one too. Yeah. Um, but the points per game for me is what puts Wilt so far. He doubled almost doubled points per game yeah. over over Russell. Um, but no, yeah, just the the absolute pinnacle of what a big man can be, and you know, obviously the 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 hundred game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell that you weren't going to get anything done. Anywhere near the basket. The longevity of, of a man that size, though, is still surprising. Yeah. The longevity of all of these guys. Um, and one, one thing you will notice about my list, it is a little bit biased, but we didn't start getting these gigantic guys in until until the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So that's why, you know, Ewing well, I mean, retired in the 90s, Matumbo in the thousands, Robinson in the 90s. You know, these guys and were... You, you look at it, though, and you think, how did they have such long careers? Um you know, where where would you have put uh, Ming Yao? Yao Ming. No, he prefers Ming Yao, since that's his actual well, name. No, so yeah, so the story the story on that is that yeah, people started calling him Yao Ming, which which is incorrect based on how the Chinese uh, speak their names aloud. But he was too he was too afraid to correct anybody, and over the years just decided to just go with it, and that he was now Yao Ming. Yeah, he was no longer Ming Yao. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed that story hearing that when he got when he got elected. Um, yeah, if if he could have had a career with fewer injuries, yeah, he I I I could say he'd have at least been an honorable mention in this. He, when he was healthy, he was dominant. Yeah, and I, I I did really enjoy watching him play. And it's a shame that he couldn't do more with his career. Uh, but you know, when you're that big and you're taking yeah. those kind of impacts. Your body is going to start breaking down, uh, you know, much quicker than guys of our size would have. So mine's already breaking down, and I'm fairly short. Yes, and so, don't do any physical. Maybe that's why. 
It could be that. Yeah, mm. you're right. Um, I'm going to go for a walk. Enjoy that. <laughs> I don't know if the mics can pick that up, but that was really good. <laughs> oh, man. We need a Foley artist. Oh, jeez. That's what you get here at Ballpark Bros. Nothing but goofiness from Tom. Um, so the uh, Oakland mayor has asked for a last-minute delay in the vote. Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. We have another idea. Yeah. Why don't they play on a floating barge in the bay? <laughs> it, and it sounds it sounds like they're going into vote in minutes. Oh man. So, what's the de- why would he ask for He's already got his his she. She? Man, that was very sexist of me. I apologize. Shame, shame. Why were you so surprised that a woman could be a leader, Tom? <laughs> uh I I wasn't. <laughs> I was just making assumptions, Oakland, Oakland, which was wrong. Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff. Well, uh, they already have their proposal. <gasps> oh, my God. What? Jose Canseco. No. To join NBC Sports California as an A's analyst. Well, Eric, I think this I sell- have the first part of that word right. Eric, I think this sells it. You have to get the MLB package now. <laughs> I... Uh, no. I won't be watching any A's games. Oh, my God. This is the greatest thing to ever happen. Jose Canseco. No. Ugh. Jose Canseco more like. Oh, man. This is the greatest day in the history of sports. It is really, he going to shoot is. a finger off live on air every week? Uh, well, at least for the first nine weeks. Well, they reattached it. That never, ha- it never happened. It, it, he never shot it off. Oh, uh, Henrik Zetterberg. Retiring? We'll play. No, we'll oh. play in his one thousandth NHL game during the last game in Joe Louis Arena history. Assuming he plays all the remaining games. Well, yeah. Uh, but yes, he. Uh, there you go. Something barring, to hang your barring head on. injury, he will. He will be playing his thousandth game in that in the regular season finale. You can hang your draft hats on that, Red Wings fans. And it's because they inserted a game that he would have missed earlier this year. Uh, that would it was supposed to be played on December nineteenth, but had to be postponed. That I believe he was injured during, oh. and so they had they had to insert it. Well, that's cheating on the schedule today. So, congratulations to Henrik on reaching that milestone this year. Should he remain healthy, we do only have a week left of hockey. Yeah, huh? ends on April 9th. So, and then no hockey happens after that. Or no, two weeks. Sorry, two weeks ends on April 9th. Two weeks. No hockey after that. None. Zero. What are you a Red Wings fan? No. Really? Because that's what I hear from them all the time. Don't you ever say that. Real hockey ends when the Red Wings are eliminated, Tom. Well, I mean, real hockey is going to end for me when, when, well, months ago. No, there's still real hockey happening, Tom. It's just hockey that you're interested in ended. Yeah, real hockey. Yeah, hey, by the way, I'm going to talk all sorts of smack right now. The Stars beat the Devs 2-1 to one in overtime. It was a really cruddy game. You scored. You could only score two goals. On our backup goalie. You guys could only score one goal on either Kari Lettinen or Antti Niemi. We can't score any goals on anyone. But it was Lettinen and Niemi. Right. But it doesn't matter who. We can't score goals. All right. Well, we will have, uh, so what, season ends on the 9th. That'll give us a couple of days. So we will have a NHL preview show on the 10th, NHL playoff preview on the 10th. Um, so Where we can pick people who might actually win. Yeah, people that might participate. I do, hey, I still have, I picked the Penguins for being the Eastern Conference representative, so I still have them. But we'll see. So we will be having that preview show coming up then. Um, don't forget, um, 
are we wait are we going to do two shows on Monday or are we just going to do the After Dark show? I don't know. Whatever you want to. Do we have any special guests for the After Dark? I don't have anybody as of right now. Mason said he would never do it again because he was embarrassed about how drunk he got. Well, then ha- get him less drunk. Um, yeah, I don't know what we'll do. So, yeah, there may be one show. There may be two shows. Um, if we do two shows, the After Dark one will focus uh, primarily on the NCAA championship game, which we will all watch that night. Um, and... Uh, We'll, we'll come up with some with some special topics to discuss, right? Uh, rather than just rehashing all the stuff we talk about in the morning show, uh, or maybe we'll uh, work on something like uh, after dark on Monday and our regular show on Thursday, like we did this past week. So we'll see. But you have those shows to look forward to, and our special roundtable, which we are putting together, and uh, have another confirmed host for so or panelist for. So I've decided to just go buy a piece of plywood and cut it into a circle. Seems like your best bet. Yep. You're just going to put it on top of an existing square table? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we got the table solved. Good work, Tom. You got it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will talk sports at you next week.